0: Si calo es arriba, sin empujas...
1: felicidades de Mayo! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Life in Paradise podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Harper. Today is May 8th. I missed Cinco de Mayo by a couple of days, but you get the idea. I love this song. It's called "Piloto El Chino." And it's about the pilot who flew Pablo Escobar around in the plane. And if you understand Spanish, you should listen to the lyrics because they're pretty funny. talks about all the trials and tribulations of flying around the world's most powerful drug pen. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job and lots and lots of opinions. So I come here about once every week or so to get them off my chest. If there's one thing you'll know about me, it's that I don't do pre-recorded intros. So you're getting a live intro, just like always. I've got a few things to talk about today. might be a quick one. I've got a lot going on. I just got back from the beach where I took my dog and almost ran out of gas or diesel. But I'll save that story. You know, stories about almost doing things are never all that great. Oh, man, did I tell you I almost got in a fight? Did I tell you I almost got in a wreck? Did I tell you I almost ran out of gas? Almost, almost, almost. Never makes for a good story. So you know what? Don't even worry about it. I'm not going to bore you with a story about almost running out of diesel. I know what you're thinking. We didn't come here to hear you tell stories about almost doing stuff. Okay, okay, you're right. So sit back, relax, and let me have the TV remote for about the next 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs>
0: Hay que ser derechos en este camino, hay socios, amigos y unos enemigos, cada quien lo suyo y yo a lo mío, exijo respeto y también lo brindo, si se fue de fiesta, grupos de primera, porque ahí está la tumba que a todos espera, el cuento se acaba, solo hay que esperarla, a la muerte santa que a todos nos llama. Reviso mangueras, reviso mis snacks, otro cargamento va para la frontera. Hay planes de vuelo, pero in un momento te cae el gobierno, hay que usar el cerebro. A mí si me quieren piloto, el chino
1: Welcome back everybody, welcome back. The market is crashing, the dollar is inflating. Russia is at war. China's going broke, and we just keep going along, just like with blinders on. <laughs> oh man, I'm not the king of doom and gloom, but i got to call it like I see it. I hope you're buying puts. If you don't know what buying puts means, then hope you're buying Bitcoin. In order to celebrate the recently passed Cinco de Mayo holiday, I'm going to play a little clip from Dr. Jill Biden. The first lady of the United States who claims to be a doctor. But it's weird to me because doctors understand Latin or, or the Latin roots of words and they understand the pronunciation of Latin. Now, one might assume, well, that would be easy to speak Spanish. If you know Latin, you might be able to get bits and pieces of Spanish or, or maybe even understand how the sounds come out of your mouth. But, but no, no, not Jill. She's over here sounding like somebody who just got released from prison trying to say the word matriculate. Take a, take a listen.
0: When we come together, we are powerful. With love for our communities, with hope for our future, with faith in each other, anything is possible. So say it with me. Si, se, The future is ours. Thank
1: you. Now, what she's supposed to be saying there? Is si sí, se puede, which means yes we can or they can or I can. But she says, what does she say? Puede? Sí, se puede. And it's puede. Si sí, se 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 puede. What does she say? Si sí, se puede.
0: So say it with me! The future is ours. Thank
1: you. That was from last year. She she learned her lesson and didn't give us another one this year. But see, you know, when all else fails, try to speak Spanish to the Spanish speakers and hope to God, you get it right. You know, doctor, you know more a doctor than a man on the moon. As my Nana used to say, she loved to say people was somebody was no more something than the man on the moon. And, Bill Jaden is no more a doctor than the man on the moon. Why, why are we messing with these people? Why are we elected people that marry people like this? And I'm sorry if you can't speak Spanish. That might offend you. It might offend you that you don't know how to enunciate the Spanish language. But you would probably take the time to learn how to do it before you try to say it to some Spanish speakers. Either one of a few things, either you're too lazy or you're too incompetent. They, they, maybe they told her over and over and over again, Puede, Puede. Come on, Jill, say it. Puede. She's like, Puede. Pu, pu, no. And they're like, no, no, Jill. Puede. 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 Pu, 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 and she's like, oh, whatever. I'll just, whatever, whatever. And then she gets up there and Puede. And her speechwriters just rolling their eyes. Here we are. These are the people who are leading our country. Way to go. You get who you vote for, you deserve them.
0: Sí, See, say The future is ours. Thank you.
1: It almost sounds like she thought she was saying that she was translating si, sí, se, Paudway and that the the English translation was the future is ours, which ain't, ain't ain't nothing ain't nothing even close to that lady. Oh, white lady. Oh, blonde-headed white lady get up there trying to speak Spanish. Mm. 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 Which, don't get me wrong, I applaud blonde-headed white ladies speaking Spanish. But if you're going to speak Spanish to some Spanish speakers, you better bring your A-game. Especially if you've got blonde hair. <laughs> and I'm sorry to say that I have no Joe Biden clip today. I haven't noticed anything coming across the wire all week. So I just picked the next best thing in my collection. I've also noticed that they've been keeping old Kamala off the screen lately. You know, whoever the, whoever's running the cabal has probably said, hey, 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 guys, you've just stop. If, if Kamala's not going to memorize the talking points, if she's not going to take the time to understand what these meetings are about, for goodness sake, please stop putting her on camera. You're embarrassing all of us. So just stop it. Or It was probably like this. If Kamala's not going to remember what we tell her to say, we can't be having her on the camera. We can't be having her get up there giving speeches, talking about we must together. You know, if I gave those kinds of speeches, Hillary would have left me long ago. And I'd be married to Monica, but you know, that that might not be half bad between me and you. I just got back from the beach, as I mentioned, and I like to go to the beach most specifically to people watch. I don't, know, I don't know what's weird. Something's weird about me. I know I'm strange. I get it. But I like to enjoy seeing how people do things. Like a whole family shows up with a truckload of stuff. I'm talking they got big speakers with lights on them and grills and tents and chairs and dogs and fruit. And they got this just whole thing piled up. And I thought, man, that's so much work to go to the beach for one day and you see this a lot here in corpus christi you see people that come down to the beach they bring half their living room with them hang out at the beach all day cook chicken and then they go home 95 percent of them are mexican i mean mexican american they live here in corpus a mexican heritage whatever i'm supposed to say you know what i mean we, we all know what i mean you just get a little bit fussy if people don't say it right so and I thought to myself, you know what? This, this boils down to their work ethic. Because I'll tell you what, I'm not about to load all that much stuff up and take it down to the beach. But they have no problem doing more work. It's, it's in their nature to work more and work harder. And there's nothing wrong with recognizing that difference between somebody like me who doesn't want to work that hard physically, especially for like one day. You know, I saw this poor guy and he was scrambling around and, his wife was helping a little bit. You know, she was mainly watching the kids. The kids were just instantly started playing. And I thought, man, this poor guy, he's going to set up this whole thing. He's going to do all the cooking. He's going to serve everything. He may not have to clean up. Maybe a group effort. I'm sure some more friends will come later. And then he's going to load up and go home. And when he gets home, he's got to take everything out. He's got to clean all the sand off of it. He's got to put all the drinks back in the fridge that they didn't finish. And it would be so hard for me to relax and have a beer and knowing that I'm going to go home and the work's going to be like not even 50% over. But they have the work ethic. They have the desire. I don't. I don't. I'm not willing to endure that amount of work for that little bit of gain. And then I got to thinking, why is it that people are so scared to identify work ethic that's tied to a culture? And I don't know why. I don't know why it is. And furthermore, mostly you are allowed to say, oh, sure. Culture blank. They have a really good work ethic. They have a strong work ethic. They have no problem working. And we can all admit that. Right. There are other cultures that don't have a strong work ethic, that they don't really care to work hard. They're more like me. They want to just go to the beach, hang out for a little bit and go home. They don't they don't see the need to put all that work into it. But we've gotten so trained and so conditioned that we can't even joke about it. Even though we all know that it's true, we all know that certain cultures work harder than other cultures. That is no secret. I don't care about oppression. I don't care about anything else. That's the truth. If you haven't traveled the world, maybe you wouldn't understand that. Or maybe it wouldn't bother you so much to hear it or say it if you've been to other countries. Because in every country... There's always a group of people or a culture that doesn't like to work. And that's just part of an economy. That's just, you will never do away with that. Because if you could convince those people to like to work, then they may move up on the, on the ladder, the scale of social mobility, but there will always be somebody else at the bottom. There will always be a group who's willing to work a little bit less than the rest of the group. There will always be a group who's willing to work more than the rest of the group. The sooner we can talk about this, the sooner we can have these conversations, the sooner we can joke about it. Because remember, you can joke about cultural differences without hating anyone because they're there. Things that are real, you can joke about them. It's okay. doesn't mean you think less of someone to joke about them because chances are there's something to joke about you too. And I think that you should be okay With joking about yourself and joking about other people or differences in cultures. It blows my mind that we are so prickly and we're so worried about what people think. We're so worried about being labeled as something that we're not even willing to recognize the truth. And that reminded me of uh, one of my favorite clips. This was when Popeye's Chicken, and what made me think about this was driving home from the beach, I stopped at Popeye's Chicken. I eat fast food maybe once a month, excluding any road trips out of town. And so I was like, Man, it's like noon. I've been doing this stupid intermittent feasting. And I'm freaking starving. I want some fried chicken. I want some spicy fried chicken and wanna eat it in my truck on the way home when it's hot and it almost burns my mouth. So I went to Popeye's. And I placed my order. There was like two cars in line. And I placed my order. She said, can you pull up to the front? Just wait there. I said, okay, sure. Pulled up. I waited 15 minutes. And did I mention the AC in my truck went out this morning? So needless to say, I was hot. I was sandy. I was salty. I was wet. I was hungry. And I was thirsty. And it was really hot. I didn't mention that. So after 15 minutes, I go waddle inside. And I go, I'm just, and he hands me the order. I go, okay. And my drink? Oh, oh, uh, they didn't give it to you already? Nope, nope, didn't give me my drink. I wouldn't be asking for it if they gave it to me already. So it gets me a drink, I'll leave it. It made me think of my favorite Popeye's news clip of all time. This is when Popeye's ran out of chicken. They advertised a special on a national ad campaign. And them sons of guns ran out of chicken. Needless to say, people were mad. And so the news, in all their infinite wisdom, went out and captured the reaction to people when they pulled up to Popeyes. And the Popeyes had run out of chicken. And I always say, I always say, whoever directs these news clips, or maybe it's not the director, but somebody behind local news clips has got a really, really good sense of humor. And you'll get the audio. I'll, go look up the video if you want to see it. Just look for Popeye's ran out of chicken.
0: Customers at the drive through heard this recorded message. sorry for the inconvenience, but we are all out of chicken and we are close for the rest of the day. Thank you and have a blessed day. One woman yelled back at the machine. People have kids and they trying to feed for the special. And you mean to tell me that we can't feed our kids?
1: That's funny to me that... <laughs> It's Popeye's job to feed their kids. Okay, okay, yeah.
0: I didn't order enough chicken. Y'all knew y'all was having this special almost two months ago, and that's wrong. But no one was listening. The Popeye's on Lake Avenue was closed by dinner time. Are you kidding me? I think that's bad, because I'm sure hungry. No
1: chicken. No chicken? Uh, They just had a chicken. I said I'm calling
0: customer service now to see where there's another Popeye's at.
1: Yeah, they, see, uh, they seem to be out of chicken today, so I'll just pick up a pizza. It's no big deal.
0: Other locations ran out of chicken, too. The $4.99 special, too good to pass up. I just left Penfield Popeyes. They were out of chicken there, so I ran to the city to this one, and they're out, too. This is ridiculous. They should have had a stockpile of chicken for this day. Oh. They should have had a tractor-tail out back with extra chicken <laughs> on ice, you know?
1: Isn't there a McDonald's, like, right here? Yeah, that's see it.
0: Maybe it was the economy that caused the rush on chicken. Customers felt duped. You know, they put their advertisements on,
1: and then they don't
0: don't show up for it. They're more disappointed than angry, you know, we've been looking
1: forward to this day.
0: They advertise it on, on national TV, how you gonna run out of chicken?
1: Special? They're, what's special?
0: That's all I have to say.
1: Everybody makes mistakes. You guys have a nice day, all right?
0: Angry customers
1: there, pop. Oh man, that's so funny. You know, it's a, it takes a certain kind of person to be angry about food. Uh, other than I know, I know what you're thinking, but Brandon, you were just complaining about having to wait for your food. Yeah, I was, but I wasn't being an asshole to anyone other than my podcast listeners. You know, I get on here and I rant, but I'm not gonna treat the people who are supposed to have my chicken disrespectfully. I might be a little bit deflated, a little bit bummed out. I might give them more lip than they give me if they give me a little bit of lip. But I'm not going to be mad until somebody owes me my damn chicken. I don't think that way. And these people have never run a restaurant. I guarantee you that. We see it all the time. People get so mad. They come up with their taco. They throw throw it on the counter. I don't understand. I ordered pork taco, and this is brisket. Okay, brisket's three dollars more. You want to keep that one or you want the pork? Oh, I mean that's fine. I can eat it i I can eat it. I can eat it H- human do you realize there's a human back in there a human that's putting the meat in the taco he's got a thousand tickets that's telling him what to do, and he's got someone cracking the whip saying, hurry up, hurry up, let's go, let's go let's go and he gave you the wrong taco it's not the end of the world it's just the taco i always say these people must have like the most beautiful stress-free life they must they must have no problems whatsoever because something as small as a taco makes them mad they're like royalty or something i mean listen whataburger they get my order wrong four out of five times i still go there i don't gripe i don't call the 800 number i don't try to get anything for free you know what i do I sit there by the window and I check everything on my order. And I make sure my burger has mayo, and I make sure there's there's no uh, tomatoes on it, and I make sure it's got cheese. I make sure I got ketchup. I make sure I got a straw. I taste my drink. I make sure it's right, and then I go, and that's that's it. That's how you can deal with it without having to be all mad. But it does make, it does make for some great YouTube. I just I got something here. I need to get off my chest here a little, just a little bit. A little, a little glimpse into my world. I've pretty much come to the realization that you can almost say there's two types of people in this world and then you can put them into one of two categories. And, of course, not always. Yeah, I know. But in this particular case, there's people who are tidy and there's people who are messy. And you may be somewhere towards the middle You may be kind of messy, but not like gross food sitting on your counter for weeks messy. And you may be pretty clean and you may have some junk drawers and your closets may be packed to the gill. But maybe your house looks clean when you walk around and there's no dirty dishes. The the bed's made. The clothes are put away. So you're falling somewhere on the clean scale or the messy scale. Well, it's all one big scale, but you're falling somewhere on the clean side and the messy side. And what people don't understand is that the messy people do not understand how it can bother the clean people when it's not clean or when it's messy. And the clean people don't understand how the messy people can be okay when it's messy. Okay, so that's kind of goes without saying we could all probably come to that conclusion where it gets tricky. Is that the person who gets upset by their needing to be more work done in order to not be upset is the person who loses in this battle? And I know that's kind of that sounds kind of hokey and and wordy and and fluffy, but think about it like this: If you have a messy person, OCD, they like everything clean, tidy. They know exactly where their pen is. They know exactly how much toilet paper they have left. They know everything, and they get distraught when things are unorganized. In order for that person to remain in the sanity zone, everything's got to be put away. Now, whether they do it or not, it's got to be done. Now, when they're combined with a messy person and the messy person is just fine leaving things everywhere, it doesn't require extra work for the messy person to stay in the sanity zone because they're fine either way. They're fine with it messy and they're fine with it clean. Either way, it's fine. It doesn't matter. But the clean person has to clean up behind the messy person if it bothers them too much. And so that is a huge breakdown in business organizations, in households, I'm assuming in marriages. I know it is in relationships. So I don't know where the compromise is, but I think it's important to recognize that. And and if you're the person who's messy and you have issues with someone who doesn't like it messy... Try to come up with some kind of compromise instead of denying that you're not messy and that everyone is messy and that you don't have time to clean up because you're so busy. Instead of being that person, maybe just say, you know what, because of how OCD you are, I will spend 20 minutes per day cleaning up. And then that that can be a deal. It's just it's tough. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to give a bunch of examples <laughs> of my personal life. But if you know me, you probably know. I just think it's a very, very difficult situation. And people should be more willing to be honest about the situation and come up with a compromise instead of the alternative to all that. And that will be called Life Lesson Number 416. Another thing I listen, I know I've gribed about this before. But I vow and I'm I'm putting it out here publicly. I hereby I'm repeating this in my head. I Brandon Harper do hereby solemnly swear do hereby solemnly swear to never ever ever to never ever ever sell anything sell in- on Facebook again. On Facebook again. As long as I shall live. As long as I shall live. Why do you say that, Brando? Why do you say that? Who cares? Just you sell your stuff on Facebook. The market's at the top. You need to liquidate and be ready to buy the dip. Man, I've had six people, six people within the last week tell me they want to come look at this stupid lawnmower. I've been lowering the price of this lawnmower every week. 100 bucks, 200 bucks. Eventually I'll find a buyer, right? doesn't do me any good sitting in there rotting. So, Six people. I, I, they text me the price. They, before they even look at it, before they come see it, they just 3200 And I go, yep, I'll take it. Okay, I'll, I'll try to be by there tomorrow. No call, no show. Another guy. You take 3000 Yeah, I'll take 3000 Come get it. I write him back. Hey, dude, you coming to get this mower? Uh, man, I, I measured my trailer, and it's two inches too narrow, so I, I, I believe I'm just going to pass. why why would you waste your time waste my time if you knew the width of the mower and you knew the width go check the trailer first i don't understand these people i don't get them and so the the only way for me to never have to deal with this again if if i ever buy something i'm going to count on it depreciating to zero or going to zero is I do not want to have to deal with the types of people that search for ads on Craigslist and Facebook. I, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. Listen, I've bought plenty of stuff from Facebook and Craigslist. I text them. I say, you still got it? Yep. Can I come see it? Yep. I get there. I show up with cash. Will you take this? Yep. I'll take it. Boom. It's done. It's done. But I, I often wonder if people just like the idea of shopping you know, it's kind of the same way with me selling the, the sailboat charter business. I get people all the time just, hey, can, uh, first thing, can I see your finances? I mean, I don't know. I've I ranted about that enough, I feel like. But I wanted to come on here and put it on the interwebs publicly, hopefully forever, that I will never, ever, ever buy anything that requires to be sold on Facebook. Okay? I got a couple more things I'm going to liquidate, but I think I'm just going to Forgo the the price dropping and just put in a price that will make it move because I can't deal with these people. I cannot deal. With, I would like to talk to somebody who 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 says, yeah, Yo, you know what? I, I I do that a lot. You know, I just I look for stuff that's for sale that I I think it might be a good deal. But you know, sometimes I don't even need it. You know, and uh, I just think well, hey, maybe I'm, maybe Jimmy needs this mower. Let me just ask this guy about this mower. Hey man, you still got that mower? Okay, uh, how big is it? And then they ask all the questions that are on there. And then they say, well, you know what? I I, I guess I better ask Jimmy if he wants that mower. And then he writes Jimmy, hey, Jimmy, you still need that mower? Jimmy says, nope, I'm good. And then I never hear back from the guy. I mean, I would like to hear from him and just interview them. Because a glimpse into someone's mind is valuable, especially when they do behavior that's abnormal. Maybe I'm the weird one. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm ranting. You're probably sick of hearing about it. But just believe me when I say I'm never doing this again. Ever. Never. Ever, 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 ever. Okay. For my next trick and the remainder of the program, I want to talk about the thing that's got everybody all worked up. Roe versus Wade. You got some people screaming, Oh, hallelujah, we're making progress towards outlawing abortion. And we got other people going... It's my body and my choice, and if I want to abort the baby and put it down the disposal, I should be able to. And you got people like me who just stand there in the middle of those two people, watch them scream back and forth at each other, just thinking about all the things that are wrong with both of their arguments, that, that emotion is entrenched in these people, and that some people want to impose their values on other people under the guise of, of law, which that, that can be a deeper conversation than we can have at a different point. But what I really want to do is break down the discrepancy in the arguments. There's just a lot of intellectual inconsistency, c- kind of on both sides of this thing. And I've mentioned it before, but one would think that the party of compassion and helping and, and doing for other people and expecting other people to do the same and wanting people to do good things and forcing the government to do to take money from people and trusting them to do good things you would think that the, the party of the the vegans who doesn't want to see bunnies die or chickens die that that they won't have leather products because they don't want to see cows die you would think that those people would be a little bit less if i want to kill a baby i can kill a baby if i want to kill them at Three trimesters? I can kill it? three tri- you, you get what I'm saying? It's a little bit off. You would think that the party of, yes, let's eat meat. Yes, let's go hunting. Yes, let's put animals down that are suffering. Yes, I don't want children born into poverty living in my city. Now, this is not me talking. Th- this is expressing views from what I, what I think one side of the spectrum is. And it's so... In my opinion, it's, it's kind of like a flip-flop topic. Like, take, for instance, Joe Biden's stance on abortion. First of all, he calls himself some devout Catholic, which, who am I to question a man's faith, whether it be Dan Crenshaw or Bo Jiden? From what I understand, people who are Catholics have a strong disagreement with abortion. Last I heard, they don't even like using condoms. I mean, technically, probably nobody likes using condoms, but you you know you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. And so it's hard to take them seriously. Whenever you have things like that, and then you also have this quote that surfaced recently, from what Biden told uh, the Washingtonian Magazine in 1974. This is right after Roe v. Wade was passed by the Supreme Court, which remember it's not a law it's just a court ruling it's just a it's something saying that like for now the court has established this may or may not happen and it can be overturned at any time that's something that people don't don't think about is that just cuz the supreme court says something it can be temporary and it can get changed people people got comfortable with the fact that this was a law and they think it's a law. It's a law. It's not. It's not a law. It's a Supreme Court ruling. So, here was Biden's quote from 1974. I don't think that a woman... All right, all right, I'm not going to try to read in Joe Biden's voice. I don't think that a woman has the sole right to say what should happen to her body, Mr. Biden said as the youngest senator back in his early 30s, adding that he was really quite conservative on most other issues. So... While it's easy to sit here and say, I told you that Joe Biden, he's a damn flip-flopper. You know, we ought to call him flip-flop because all he does is flip-flop back and forth on the fence and off the fence. But you got to remember that in 1974, he was a Democrat. And for him to be against something, that means someone else is probably for it. Who could that have been? Yep, the conservatives. So... This is just how things shift over time. And we get so caught up in the moment that we don't look back and and think. Now, I would like to figure out who was a Republican then and see if they've switched as well. Because whenever you've been in politics this long and you switch, it's kind of mind-boggling to me. But understanding that he got into politics in his 30s, I can understand how people change. I just wish people would own it. I wish he would say, you know what? When I was first voted into office, I thought that the federal government has no role in telling states whether or not they can set their own abortion laws. But since then, I've kind of gone back on it and I realized, you know what? I I do kind of want a stronger federal government. I, I kind of do want, and this this is obvious because this is how he really acts now, right? He thinks that the... There should be one strong federal government and centralized power that the people in Washington should tell the people in Kansas what to do and what to do in New York and what to do in Seattle and what to do in L.A. and South Texas and Florida. So he thinks that there should be one big strong body who's way smarter than the rest of the people. And he should just admit it, that, that his viewpoints have changed and maybe tell us why. But to go from... I think Roe versus Wade is bad to I'm a Catholic, but I still think we should be able to do abortions to let's just open up the floodgates and start ripping babies out and, and not give an explanation. is kind of it's unsettling to me. It's hard to trust someone who can go 180 degrees in their political career and not address it. Because I don't know, someone needs to whisper in his ear like, hey, Joe, just remember all this stuff is on the Internet. And Joe probably go, well, what, what do you mean, on the internet? Well, let's take it off. Just take it off. And they're going, you can't, Joe. It's it's like there forever. Well, I don't understand. Why, just go call the disinformation and tell them it's fake. Take it off. That's, that's kind of how I like to picture these conversations going down. So we, we have that. We have the flip-flop of the president. We have the flip-flop of the Supreme Court. We have everyone who says, white men. No, hold on. We have everyone who says,
0: White men should not be making laws for women. They're too manly and too
1: white. You have people saying that, but if you look back at the Supreme Court from 1973, guess what? (laughs) They're all white men. White men made the law that said, hey, the states can no longer, sorry, not a law. White men made the, they agreed on the Supreme Court ruling that said, Hey, uh, states, you can no longer say that abortion is outlawed. We' are ruling on that now. There was all white men, all white men. Men weren't getting pregnant back then, either. It was just only women were getting pregnant. So th- th- all these inconsistencies are, are everywhere. And but wait, there's more. So if you think about it from its basic standpoint, or its basic fundamentals, you've got a group of people who feel like they have a right. They have a right to be able to to do something. And that the federal government cannot take that right from them because it was granted by the by the Supreme Court. And so they say, just because you have these ideals and these values does not mean you can take the right away from us. Does that sound something? Does this sound like something that maybe you, you, you've already heard of? And then so... It's gun control, right? The the left, they want to take the right away of people to own guns. I take that back. That might be a little extreme. They want to make the right to own guns be uh, a challenge or more difficult. or Whatever you want to call it, they want to have more control over who has guns and who doesn't. But they don't want people having control over who gets an abortion. And then... You might say Yeah, but guns kill people. And I agree. I agree. So do so so do abortion doctors in the views of your opponents so so they do too. So if the right argued like the left, they would say we should just outlaw abortion machines. If we If we just outlaw the abortion machine, then no one can get abortions. And we don't actually have to outlaw the actual practice. We just got to take away the tool. But the right doesn't argue that way. Because the right realizes that the tool is not the cause of the problem. And in my opinion, the actual practice of abortion isn't the cause of the problem. The cause of the problem in this whole thing is that we have more and more people who think it's okay to go through the act of making a baby, screwing up, making a mistake, making a bad decision, having a baby, and then not wanting to take care of it. That's the core of the problem. The faster we can identify that and and fix it, we'll never have to argue about abortion again. And I know that I've talked about this before, but if we could just... All have to, we have to make a compromise. We have to agree. Under no circumstances will doctors do abortions after this time frame. And we, we will have to make a compromise, right? You've got some people that want to rip the baby out one day after it's born or, 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 or destroy the baby one day after it's born. And you've got some people who think you shouldn't be able to have the plan B pill. So we can't find middle ground. Both sides, if both sides were willing to compromise, and we could all just agree on a date. We could say, "Look, if it's spotted after this date, no, you can't. You can't get an abortion." And and I don't know what that date is. I know nothing about
0: women's reproductive
1: rights. So I'm not even going to pretend like I do. But I would be willing to shake hands, make a deal. Here's the date. Doctors need to held accountable. We need to just. We need to just all agree, or let the states choose. That's. There's nothing wrong. We are not a United State. We are 50 United States. The only thing we share is currency, a little bit of federal policy, and some freeways. Other than that, we don't, we don't need all these federal laws. If it's not in the Constitution, it specifically says it goes back to the states. And I'm okay with that. And I know people say, like, well, I shouldn't have to move states if I want to be able to get abortions. Well, then you shouldn't but, but you, in every policy, remember, there's always winners and there's always losers. And so no matter what happens, people are going to lose out. All the religious people are going to be mad if abortion were to stay legal forever or they made made it legal to to kill your baby the day before it was born. That that that, that affects them negatively. So there's always a winner, there's always a loser. And I feel like if we're going to offer choice, it should be the choice to live in a state where it's legal and a choice to live in a state where it's not legal. Chances are, if you live in the opposite state of how you feel, you'd be better moving. I know it doesn't sound fun. I know you don't like the thought of it, but why not go to a state where people think like you? This is why people don't live in the same neighborhoods. This is why there's little Italy and there's little China and there's you know all, all these little pockets of people it's because people want to be around people like them and that's okay that's okay here's another quandary about the whole roe versus wade thing is that during during the the scam scamdemic everyone was screaming at everyone for not wearing a mask and not getting vaccinated and the, every, the opposite side was saying, well, what about, you know, you say that people should have the right to rip babies out of themselves. Well, we want the right to not wear a mask. And the left would say, no, you want the ability to force people to not have abortions. And we want to give them the choice. And, and you know, it's just, it's kind of a, it's a huge deal that in numbers, I don't think, I don't think there's a lot. I don't know. I think there's like 800,000 abortions per year. And I feel like the, I hate to say this, I hate it, it's probably going to come back and haunt me if I ever run for office. But I feel like the types of people who get abortions are also the type of people who would allow the government to issue them money to help raise their children. And I know, I know, I know, I can hear them right now. But what? I don't think there's many of those. I, I, I don't think that there's a lot of those cases. I, I don't know how many there are. Maybe maybe one day I'll look it up. Okay, well, I just went and tried to look it up, and I got so much bad data I just couldn't I couldn't continue. I got one source saying that there was like 700,000 rapes or attempted rapes per year. Let me look. Hang on a second. Let me look at this. Seven hundred thirty-four thousand six hundred thirty people were raped, including in parentheses, including threatened, attempted, or completed rape. So in 2018. So it also says one in four men experienced rape between 11 and 17. I, so you know what? This is a National Sexual Violence Resource Center. And then I found some other statistics saying that there was less than 100,000. So whenever that kind of thing happens, I just throw them both out and I say, well, I'm going to have to just go with my common sense on this. So somewhere between 100,000 and 700,000 people get raped every year. Now, let's just say it's somewhere in the middle. Let's say it's 300,000, 400,000. What percentage of those people get pregnant and what percentage of those people need an abortion? Okay. And I know what you're thinking. But if it's one, then that's too many. And yes, I agree. I agree. But could we not put together a plan that would pay? Okay, we, we, we look and we say, hmm, what would it take to raise this baby? Well, to have this baby and birth it and put it up for adoption, it's going to cost 20000 30000 So maybe we could, we could let people who wanted babies pay, pay this person to carry the baby for them. Who knows? And if they don't want it, then they can get an abortion. I mean, there's always going to be outliers. There's always going to be people who fall outside the bell curve. And you have to make exceptions when that happens. And you have to be willing to let systems get taken advantage of. And certain people will still go have coat hanger abortions. And that's just going to be what you, what you have to deal with. But I, I don't know. I'm spending a lot of time covering this because I just want to make the point that this this is not something that we should be fighting about. This is another thing that... The left, they always just find some social issue, and don't take this the wrong way. Well, you can if you want. I don't really care. But there are certain topics that people understand, that the general public understands, and the general public doesn't understand. And then we have to remember that media companies are here to make money. And all they do, all they want to do is for you to click on anything that takes you to their website. And so they just keep feeding it to us, and feeding us opposing sides, and making us mad. In reality, we should be figuring out why we're electing people like Joe Biden. The, why, why do we have these swamp creatures who have been there for decades just getting fat off policy? Those that It should be all of us versus all of them, right? The government who fears the people is the most fair. I promise you that. I promise. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, this whole thing is funny. It's funny to, to hear the, the arguments that are conflicting and that they the, the people who make the arguments just made the opposite of the argument about the mass thing. It's, it's so ironic to me. The, the, the argument of, well, if we just take abortions away, then they're going to go acquire them illegally. Yeah, like guns. Just like guns. This is what we've been saying the whole time. McFly... Hello. So I'm not here to tell anyone how to argue or, or, or to debate people at your office. I don't think when it comes to things like abortion and transgender and, and things that affect a very, very, very small percentage of population. I think the best thing someone can do is say, you know what? I don't care. Like, it's not it's not a big issue to me about these. little. And, and you have to decide what's a big issue. But I'd be willing to bet that 95% of the people that are worked up about abortion have never had an abortion and will never be faced with the decision of having an abortion. But the idea that people can get so worked up. So I'm going to go back to the masks and vaccine for for a little bit because I forgot to make a point. If you remember, the, the whole argument for you have to wear a mask was was because. You have to wear a mask because you can get it and kill people and not even know it. And so, this whole time, it was about wear a mask because you can kill people and not even be sick. That was the argument, right? And and so, the argument that the same person who has that argument in favor of a woman's right to get abortion is well, it's not even a baby. It's not. It's not a baby. It's just, it's just a little fetus. It's not. It's just a little shrimp. Okay. But with enough time, it, it would be a human, yeah? Well, that's not important. It doesn't matter. O- okay. But they can't deny that. So we have the idea that they don't want old people to die, so you got to wear a mask. That's just the law. That's the rules. And this little thing with a heartbeat isn't a baby. Okay? So it becomes a baby at some point. In, in their mind, at some point it becomes a baby. And so I I understand that argument. I understand that we're talking about old people who are humans and they've been living a long time. We're talking about unborn babies who are technically not babies by these people's standards. But you think that that the reaction to those two events, abortion and not wearing a mask, wouldn't be so far off. Right. The the reaction to each of those is like, no, it's not a baby and I can kill it if I want to kill it, even if it's not a baby. And no, you have to wear a mask because you, you might kill an old person. So those are very, very extreme reactions. And yes, one's an old person, one's an unborn baby, but they're not too far off. W- with enough time, one would become the other one. And so the, the notion that they can be so worked up and so mad tells me that there's no logic going into the argument. They're, they're not thinking this through because it is so incongruent with the mask and vaccine situation. And when I step back and I see these types of things, and this doesn't make me any special, any better than anyone else, but when I see these types of things, I just think to myself, we have so many bigger fish to fry. We have have a cultural problem. We have a, a social problem, a breakdown between two political parties. And they get so emotionally involved in this, that they they cannot, they do not have the ability to break it down from an unemotional level. And I've said it before, and I will always stand behind it. You should never use emotion to make policy, because it changes on a whim. And you never know how you're going to feel the next day. I mean, I, I I can attest to that. I've had people that, you know, I was extremely upset with or frustrated, and the next day after I cool off, everything's fine. Or, or the opposite, I have someone who I think everything's great and I can trust them, and then they stab me in the back and run off with $10,000. So I, I understand both sides. But that just furthers my point that we don't need to be making policy based on emotions. We need to look at numbers, statistics. That's really all. A, a debate A debate between two people that are running for office should pretty much be going back and forth about statistics and using statistics to support their point. But they don't. And the reason they don't is because they're just there to get voters. They're just there to give you enough information to make you feel a certain way so you'll vote for them. This is no accident. There's lots and lots and lots of money that goes into figuring out how to say these things perfectly. And in reality, a politician should be there to represent the will of the people. Okay, that's it. I'll I'll quit ranting about my opinion on Roe versus Wade. You know, I'll never be faced with the the, the possibility of having or encouraging someone or discouraging someone to to get an abortion from something that I did. So, it's not going to affect me. It's not going to affect anyone around me. And and that's what we should aim to be. We should aim to be Well, I mean, yeah, abortion's reserved for, you know, if somebody gets raped or something bad happens, then sure, yeah, they can get it. But we don't, we're not a country who really just makes babies without taking care of them. So so we don't have to worry about it. That should be the goal. I don't know which country has the fewest number of abortions. It could very well be Norway. I don't know. But if if we should figure out which culture, and and it could be misleading, right? Because there's probably a bunch of Latin American countries that are just, it's just highly illegal. So it it may not be that they're a culture who wants to raise their kids, but it may be, it's just that it's illegal there. But I I really do feel like the cultures that have a a strong religious influence might be a little bit better behaved. And that's all, that is it. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to say anyone should or shouldn't be that way. But I feel like religion is is the reason why America got to where it was. If you if you disagree and you're atheist, hey, that's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, it does kind of, but you get what I'm saying. Like the our social norms and our values and the laws that we have all go back to religion. And we shouldn't just drop it. We shouldn't just let go of it. Now, I'm not saying we run around and and scream Bible verses outside the movie theater. That's not, I'm not for that. I'm not for pushing our viewpoints onto other people. But I am for looking at policy from a broad perspective saying, okay, if we implement this, how much freedom does it take away and how much will we gain? And then that's what we, based our decision off of but i think that now people are to the point where they they look at abortion like it's just some republicans desire to gain power and control and that's really not it it's just it used to be illegal and conservatives don't like to change things they like to keep them how they were now their religion probably ties in to a little bit but, and, and they feel emotional too, right? It's not just Democrats who get all emotional about things. It's also the right or Republicans. But I think we just got, we got way bigger fish to fry. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't, I don't mean to go on and on and on, but I, I just I tend to sometimes. That's going to wrap up your free hour of Brando. I appreciate you listening to the Life in Paradise podcast, the only show on the interwebs that has nothing to do with the title. I encourage everyone to go out there. Pick a side if you want to or don't pick a side and tell people that you don't care and you don't care really what their opinion is that it's not big enough to argue about. Tell them we got bigger fish to fry and then go to lunch with them and have a beer. Have a beer at lunch this week. Be productive, instill some values in your kid, do something active with your dog and most of all, keep it tranquilo.